Welcome to WeChat Divorce, brought to you by My Divorce Solution and hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help your family achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of WeChat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, helping you secure your worth and protect your wealth in divorce. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy to welcome today TH and Jessica, co-founders of X-Experts, to our podcast today. In this episode, we're going to discuss the stigma of divorce and empowering people to focus on educated decisions versus emotional decisions. But first, let me take just a couple minutes to introduce TH and Jessica. Nobody puts TH Irwin and Jessica Klingbaum in the corner when it comes to the subject of divorce. Not only have these ladies been best friends for over 20 years, but while they were married to their husbands, they did everything together as a foursome until the guys were caught cheating with other women at the same time. <laughs> Through the journey Sorry of- to di- laugh there. No, seriously, <laughs> that isn't funny. It's ridiculous. What a story. <laughs> okay. Though the journey of divorce came with its challenges, its tears and difficulties, TH and Jessica had one other plus something up juicy up their sleeve they wanted to put into action. Instead of moping around, they decided to merge their professional backgrounds in marketing and television producing, plus their personal involvement with divorce to fuel the idea of ex-experts, a website and podcast filled with an array of topics on divorce. Can't wait to hear more about that. Welcome, TH and Jessica. Thank you so much for being here on our podcast today. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. Thank you. I love the name X Experts. I mean, who doesn't want to be an expert about their ex, right? <laughs> and really, everybody's an expert on something. And yeah, it definitely yeah. will move you forward the more you face the facts about being an expert and what you learned. That's right. 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 I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that we're talking about the stigma of divorce because everyone knows that Karen and I are very passionate about changing the dialogue around divorce. Ours happens to be focused on the financial piece of that, but the stigma of divorce is still real and still out there. Do you still feel it? I think that I still feel it. I live in New York City. And I know that when it comes to things with my kids in school, while there are more divorced families amongst my children's peer group parents, the truth is the majority of people aren't in my experience, like the, that what I'm dealing with. And, and I'm like on my own a lot. I don't feel like when my kids were little that I was necessary. I it can't, I'm not going to say it's only because of the divorce, but I feel like I wasn't always like included in all of kind of the mom things of this group of the class parents and things like that. And I do think that there are a lot of people out there who feel like divorce is contagious and that once they befriend someone who's divorced, all of a sudden it's going to like rub off on them and something's going to happen. Clearly, we all have to acknowledge that anybody who feels that way is obviously already struggling in their own marriage and they have their own insecurities that would make them feel that way. But I do definitely feel like there is still a stigma of divorce. People will not really want to be near you or get too close to you because of it. Yeah. I've moved on from it. I mean, my kids are older. 
They're all very independent. Some are in college. My son's in a boarding school. So I don't have it, you know, I don't feel it the way Jessica does. But I'm constantly reminded that I'm divorced when I have to fill out a form asking my marital status. It really pisses me off. I got to be honest with you. Who cares if I got divorced in 2012? I'm going to pay my bill, right? You got to pay the bill regardless of your marital status. I could be married and still not pay my bill. It's like those little reminders. It's kind of like when you have to go and fill out your age range. Like you don't really remember how old you are until someone reminds you how old you are. I don't really think of myself as divorced until I'm reminded that I got a divorce, you know, all those years ago. But I think in general, it definitely is. I think that people don't know where to go for information. People don't know who to trust. Who can I talk to? Who can I rely on to keep my secret of where I am in my relationship with this person and not have it be the town gossip and not have it get back to me? Have your spouse, oh, I heard you were talking to so-and-so. I think that's really the problem is the safety of your feelings and your emotions about your divorce. And you don't want to tell the wrong person who's going to judge because like Jessica said, they're in a bad spot or spread the word because they're in a bad spot. So I think that mm. it's just, there's a fine line in terms of who to talk to, where to go, that's going to be safe and non-judgmental if you're in this place right now. I just want to jump in really quickly, Catherine, and just say one more thing in terms of like anyone, you know, who's listening and trying to, is there really still a stigma of divorce? For the four of us, let's just think for a second. When someone, when you told someone you were getting, anyone that you were getting divorced or in general today, if someone tells someone that they're getting a divorce, what is the other person's knee-jerk reaction? I'm so sorry to hear that. Right. That in and of itself, I think, exemplifies the fact that there is still a stigma. I don't say I'm so sorry to hear that anymore. I say to them, like, I'm happy for you if you're happy. I try to like empathize with whatever it is that they're feeling. But I think that the fact that society's first reaction is I'm so sorry means yeah. that it's like because something bad is happening to us. Right. You know, I remember the first time I signed that dreaded little box that was marked divorce. And I can remember after signing that looking around, like who's looking at me as I sign this. And when you hand that clipboard back to the receptionist behind that desk, you're thinking, oh my gosh, she's exactly looking at that box and now is looking at me as a totally different human being than the one that I am. That was 11 years ago. You know, now if I was to sign that box again, and I am remarried, we all know, but if I were to sign that box again, I think more confidently, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. So I think a lot of times when you're going through this process, your self-esteem level in and itself is so low that Good we point. put all this pressure on ourselves. And so now when you meet that person who says, oh, I'm so sorry you're getting divorced. You know, my response was, don't be sorry. I finally got out of it, you know, exactly. or I feel better now. Or it is a very awkward, what do you say to someone? What do you give to somebody? How do you help them without making them feel like that? But if I have to think about my grown daughter, who's now newly married, I know that when her friends start getting married and they're asking you when you're dating someone, when are you getting married? Are you getting married? And now the question to her is, when are you having a baby? Are you having a baby? What do you mean you're not having uh. a baby? All your friends are having a baby, right? So as women in general, the society still puts so much pressure and we put it on ourselves as well. And I think to change that dialogue, we need to start with that. You know, I'm sorry you're going through something that's making you uncomfortable. However, right. Here's right. what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You know, I think you're right, too. It's I like 
our own hypersensitivity when we're first starting out that you feel like the person behind the desk is looking at you, the fact that you check that box, like, no, she's not, but I totally get it. But it, it is true. It's like, people don't know what to say. Almost. I thank God my parents are still with us, but I, it's a weak analogy, but sometimes it's like, people don't know what to say if someone close to you, you know, has passed away. And I feel like with divorce, it should be like, I'm sorry, you're going through it because it's a pain in the ass and it sucks and it's painful regardless but I'm happy for you if you're happy because it's going to be all better in the end now. Right. It's different for every person. It's different for every person, every relationship. I mean, if you were in a relationship with someone who was an addict or, you know, some kind of abuse, then it's a hallelujah, but you don't even recognize it as a hallelujah until, you know, a while ahead. Like you're, you're just kind of in shock right then. And Sheryl Sandberg in her book, when she lost her husband, she wrote a book. And the one thing that she said that she gives as advice to people coming to her saying, you know, regarding the loss of her husband is, how are you doing right now? Like you can only answer that. If someone asks, how are you doing? You're like, oh my God, that's like huge question. How am I doing? I don't even know where to begin. But meeting people where they are which is right now, was great advice that I got out of that whole book. But I do use it and I use it for anybody going through anything. Like, how are you feeling right now? How are you doing right now? And that elicits a response. And I think it also makes people feel like, okay, I can talk to this person. You know, it's not like, ooh, I'm overwhelmed. Step back, like too many questions. I say that to people that who I know are in a shitty marriage. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing right now? That's true, right. (laughs) Right. To anybody for any situation. But but can I just say on that note, also, Catherine, you know, it is so interesting how, look, we all know people that we are close enough with to know that their marriages are not great. And it's totally up to them and, you know, to make whatever decisions that they feel are best for them. But it's so interesting how those people can also sometimes be judgmental about what's happening with people that are getting divorced. And you think to yourself, like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, who are you to even judge you know, while you're setting whatever example, people think it's so bad for the kids, right? When you're getting divorced, but it's like, really, you have this like terrible marriage. You're setting this horrible example to your kids of what a healthy relationship should be like for their future. It is always interesting to me, right? That the people oftentimes that are judging are the people who are like in the worst situations themselves. Oh, always because yeah. their insecurities. So, but you know, I also find that, you know, I, I was very hard on myself as I'm sure all three of you were that we were messing our children up, you know, yeah. going through divorce. And I see now that even people in 30 year marriages, their children who are having problems, it's, you know, they stem from things that you, they, the married couple feels like they messed up. You know, we all feel like we've messed up in some way, but to put that b- deeper burden on ourselves because we went through a divorce, we're making it even that much worse. Where in fact, we're probably not making it that much worse. We're probably making it somewhat better for them in the long run. And then in time, you will see that. So again, changing that stigma is starts with the four of us. You know, it starts yep. right in your own little community, right in your own little coffee meetings that you have with people. Start changing the dialogue. Yeah, okay. and, I, and it, it certainly depends on also like how old your kids are. I mean, I, you know, mine were a little bit younger than TH's. And I remember initially being like, oh my God, they're only two and four. Like it's going to be even worse for my kids. And then I decided pretty quickly, you know what? My kids are just going to be raised in a way that this is just this very matter of fact. This is who we are. This is how how our family, you know, exists. This is what happens. Sometimes you're there. Sometimes you're here and never trying to never really like outwardly expose 
the guilt factor to the kids, just kind of, this is what it is. Like, it's our normal way of life. We'll see when they're 30 and they're in therapy themselves. I'll let you know how it went, how it worked out. That's what Jessica always says. She goes, you're never going to know how screwed up they are until they're older and in therapy. <laughs> Jessica, it's very interesting that you say that because my children were five and seven when I did my divorce. They are now 31 and 28. Everybody's fine. Everybody's doing okay. And I always said the very same thing. Circle back to me when you're 30. That's right. And, and any savings that you have, put it away for therapy because you're going to need it. We're all, but, and they have had their moments of therapy that, I mean, to me, every human being can benefit from therapy. So, you know, they do grow up. And when THU said about being in the moment, like, how are you in this moment? I think when you're in the space of going through divorce, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And you do have a lot of things coming at you. And if you can learn to wake up every day and ask yourself the question, how am I today? What do I need to get done today? That really is empowering and helps you face judging people and, you know, dealing with the kids who have to be face that as well. Mine had to face that. My, many of my friends forbade their children to be friends with my kids because bad things go on at our house for no right. other reason than, you know, your parents are getting divorced. It was pretty rugged. Well, maybe um, they're thinking there isn't enough parental supervision around. There's only one of you. If the kids go to your house after school, who's there watching them? But, and and yes. truthfully, look, I think some of it may be, well, I, you know, probably different ages adapt differently. Like now in retrospect, I think, oh my God, I had it so easy. My kids were two and four. They have no other idea of what life would ever be like. If my kids had been 13, wow, that's a big transition. You know what I mean? So it definitely depends. And then, and then I think some of the stigma comes from your kids friends, parents, and kind of how they're viewing your kids and what they are interpreting that your kids are going through, whether it's correct or incorrect, right? They're making assumptions as to how your kids are handling and adapting to the situation. And they're, again, like piling on to the stigma. My, my daughter actually brought up something to me this past week that we were together and it just really is society. It's movies, it's TV, it's pictures on billboards. Happy family looks like this. Happy family looks like that. Even if it's two men, two women, they got a pet, they got one and a half kids. Like it doesn't even matter if it's two men, two women or whatever, but it's two adults. Right. And it's one and a half kids and it's usually a pet. So my daughter went with her dad and stepmother and a half sibling to Disney. And she was uncomfortable with the thought that people would look at them and assume that this is her family, that this is her mother, who it's not. And like, that this is like, this is her family, but that's not her family in her head. And it made her feel uncomfortable. And I will say for me, soon after we separated was my daughter's, one of my daughter's birthdays. I pulled up the biggest big girl pants I could freaking find and went to a dinner. And I was the one who's like, we all need to have dinner together. You, your girlfriend, me, our three children. And that's what we need to do. And you know, the only person it hurt was me. It sucked. It sucked. I was uncomfortable. I 
I, I wasn't even thinking of what other people were thinking, but if I were looking at that, I'd be like, well, is she like the babysitter or is she, who's who here? Like if people are even looking at it that way, it got to my older daughter saying, you know what, mom, I don't want dinners or anything for us together anymore. I know you're uncomfortable. I know they're not really uncomfortable, but they're going to make me uncomfortable because there's sometimes pleasure in that for them. And so I don't want it anymore. I don't want it on my plate as my child saying, I don't want this on me that you're doing this for me because this is not good. I'd rather go out with you alone, go out with them alone and not have this feeling for me of what people think, how people look at us, assumptions people are going to make. I mean, that is all society. And no matter how many times I go out as a group with everyone, people are still going to see it that way, which isn't really as important as the fact that my daughter's feeling it that way. Like, yeah. I don't really give a shit. Can I'm I curse? a little flip side to that. <laughs> I don't really give a shit what people think, but well, I don't, know I don't want my daughter exactly to take true. that burden on. Yeah. But I don't know that that's, I'm going to challenge you a little bit here because you know, I'm going to, I could show, talk about a little bit about, I was a stepmom. So my first marriage, I married someone that had three children under the age of five. And wow. I, yeah. And I was only 24 when we got together, 23. So wow. here I am. And his oldest daughter looked just like me. She had big brown eyes. She had dark brown hair. And I can remember going out and going to Disney World or going wherever. And I wanted people to think that they were my children because I was actually a little embarrassed that I'm married to somebody that has three children under the age of five. But part of my protective nature was that I wanted the girls to feel like I loved them, like their mother loved them. And right. I didn't want to replace right. their mother, but I only believed what their dad was telling me about their mother. Right. So innately, I may have portrayed that a little bit toward, not portrayed, but I may have exuded that to them to act like that. You know, because it was my own insecurity now. I was a 20-something mm -hmm. year old, right? Mm -hmm. right? And you fast forward it and I have my own children. And I remember my one of my children saying, when am I going to get a stepmom? You know, because they didn't understand. And I remember getting so pissed off at my husband at the time saying, you see, you see how these kids think, right? But a lot of that stems from maybe what we're kind of putting out there in a way. Like your daughter, why would she not want people to think that that was her family? Because she's afraid of being disrespectful to you is my guess. She is afraid of you not being valued there. And she loves you so much that she wants everyone to know that her mom and, is here. And know? the and circumstances of that relationship also makes her feel her loyalty uncomfortable. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole messy. Well, even when you go to right, dinner, but but still like just them just even worrying part. about it, like them. Well, that's what they like, do. They worry about yeah. you and how like the dinner with everyone there. Your kids are uncomfortable because they're worried about you. And I think my kids did the same thing for me. They're worried right. about me and how right. it's hitting me. And that's probably something that I need to get stronger about and tell them not to worry about me, which I have. But I mean, I think the dialogue also has to change, you know, innately. And I think, Jessica, you brought that earlier up earlier. Your kids were little, it's a matter of fact. Like, this is what it is. And that's right. And there's nothing wrong with are, it. And there's nothing wrong with this. And I'm okay. And you're okay. We're all going to be okay. Sometimes it'll be tough. And I think we need to start even internally and then externally, which is why we have that Mrs. Tumi event, because we want women to feel like 
it's okay that you went through a divorce. It's not your whole story. It's a part of it. It's a little part of it. Yeah, it's a hot minute. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of circumstances. It was less, the dinners were the dinners, but the trip was very interesting to me because she's 20 years old now. Right. And she's still worried about how people are viewing her with him and his wife and her half sister. And it's, I still chalk that up to her. I just still chalk that up though, to her uh, feelings of, you know, how little respect she probably has for the stepmom, just circumstances of the situation. Yeah. It could be. She thinks like everybody can see how this happened and how they got together. And I'm so embarrassed by the whole thing. Maybe she probably will carry that around with her for a long time. And then I did bring up that she might want to go and talk to somebody. But something that I really want to say is what I've always done, regardless of being uncomfortable or whatever, I've always shown up. And I think all of us have always shown up for our kids, even in difficult situations. But now looking back, do any of you feel like I didn't need to show up for that to sacrifice myself? Because ultimately I feel like I know for me, I've put myself in so many uncomfortable situations thinking it was best for my kids for me to at least be there, even though maybe I should never have been there. Do any of you guys ever feel that way? I have definitely provided spaces where I feel like I shouldn't have because I made it so much easier for my ex to keep a relationship going with the kids that I should have let him fend for himself. But you know what? In the long run, this true colors, true colors always come out. Always do. Every reason I made every decision was for the benefit of my kids. And I did the best I could at the time I was doing it. So probably I wouldn't change anything. I don't think I, who knows? There's some other things I would change, but probably not where I put myself in situations to try to make it better. Right. Because the intentions were good. Yeah. Yeah. You know me. I mean, listen, I I always feel like everything happens the way that it's supposed to and everything happens for a reason. And I feel like I can totally understand and respect people looking back and saying, yeah, I probably didn't need to do that. But the truth is, if you hadn't done those things, then what you'd be doing right now is you'd be looking back and being like, shit, I totally should have done that. I wasn't there for X, Y, or Z. The grass is always greener. You're always going to look back and think it should have been one way or another. The truth is we were all learning and navigating as we go, right? It's like divorce is such a shock to the system, no matter if you're the instigator or, you know, the receiver, I don't know what the terms would be, but like, we're all just feeling our own way and trying to keep our heads above water and keep it going. And while doing that, working and like, you know, managing your household and trying to like, you know, push off the deflectors and all of the people who are pouring all the stigma onto us for everything. Everything that you did, you did with like, you know, a pure heart and good intentions. And even if you look back and say you didn't need to do it, like I may have done the exact same things as you. And I feel like it totally benefited me. So everyone just has to kind of feel it out for themselves and, and see, maybe you could have stopped certain things at a, at an earlier point, if you were doing all of those things for 10 years, maybe at, at a certain, you know, maybe after five years or whatever, you might've been like, okay, I'm good. And felt like you didn't need to but keep it takes, putting on But it took airs. my kids to speak up. So I'm proud of them for doing that. And there I'm proud that they feel comfortable enough to speak up and be like, hey, we don't need this. Like right. we were doing this for us. 
it's not for us now. Right. now. It's just not working. So keeping open communication with your kids so that if society and, you know, all these messages from all these people, friends, mothers, whatever comes their way, they can always go to you and kind of like check the temperature of that. Like, does this sound right? I'm not cool with this. So I think despite everything, as long as you have open communication with your children, and with your friends, you know, have your go-to person, you can check yourself, you know, is this like, makes sense? I totally agree. You know, at the end of the day, I think we all have to remember we're all human beings, divorced, married, single, or otherwise. And back to checking the box, I found myself not checking any box if I didn't feel like it or checking the single box or check. I don't That's just the way I roll on a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I think it is important that we all remember we're human beings. And if we think that for whatever reason, we may have exhibited a certain behavior or made a certain decision, tomorrow you can wake up and do something different. But I think if we all keep moving forward, then that not only helps us, but it helps our children because they're not going to do what we say. They're going right. to do what we do. A hundred percent. They're just patterning after us. So if they see our ability to pivot and make mistakes and pivot the next day, then that empowers them to do the very same thing. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts we can give our children is the ability to make a different decision tomorrow and just keep moving forward. And I think that Jessica and Teach, that's what you guys and Catherine, all of us are trying to do every day with the tools that we have and and the experiences that we have. I think it benefits our children, but in the end, they're only going to be as good as we are. Mm -hmm. And taking accountability, like how do you feel right now? How do you feel today? I did journal for about, uh, I I have three, so that's a year and a half. (laughs) So I had to take responsibility and accountability for good and bad decisions. But that's how you grow. If yeah. you're, if you think that you're just like the most perfect thing and nothing is wrong and every, you know, everything you do is like glitter and rainbows, then you're in a, you're on a bad path. Like yeah. you, not anybody is like that. So also just recognizing, you know what? I wrote something down about you know, I chose to do something instead of spending the time with my son that day. And I wrote it in the journal and I made a point of the next day carving out time to be with my son because what am I giving that up for? You know, that never happens. Your kids never want to be with you when they get older. So those kinds of things are little lessons that you're going to keep teaching yourself by checking in with yourself. Agreed. And not being so hard on yourself. Let's face it. We're so hard on ourselves. I just finally vowed to say, you know what? I'm not making everyone happy. It's not my job to make that be the happy person that makes everyone happy all the time. And that's a really hard thing for me to accept. Yeah, you are a fixer. Right. I'm definitely a fixer. So, and a lot of things just fix themselves when you just sit back and let them fix themselves. You know, we don't have to be that person. And I remember my daughter saying to me years ago, mom, you, you got to let it go. You think you had something that you never had, you know? And I thought, wow. And then she followed that up with, don't chase us around. We'll find you when we need you. Because I would drop everything when they came home from school. My kids are older now. They're all out and everything. But, you know, I would drop everything to be with them. And then they would make 
other plans, you know, their <laughs> friends and stuff. And then here I sit, like waiting for nothing. And they're like, Mom, we'll find you guys. Need you. Right, right, exactly. And I think that both our children, I believe, talk to their friends who go through divorce and are able to be such great resources for yes. And I think that to me is so inspiring when I see other divorcees' children have great conversations and insight to other adult children because mine are adults now. And Mm -hmm. I I find so much warmth in that because that is changing the dialogue of the stigma. You know, we don't have to walk around with the big D on our shoulder because we're divorcees. You know, we get to walk around proud that we're, we're doing something great in society now with what our experiences are. And I think our kids will end up having better, better marriages because of it. I agree. So that, that's how we have to treat it. And when we see someone going through divorce, we don't need to say to your point, Jessica, are you, you know, I'm so sorry. It's right. Like, and, and then to your point, you know, how do you feel today? Where are you? And here's some great resources for you, which is what you all do. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do and what the resources are that you provide. Um, I think it's fabulous. Okay. So we would say it's an online digital platform that encompasses everything you know, that touches divorce. We have the website and on the website, it's divided into five different sections because as you know, when you're navigating divorce, like there are so many different issues coming at you that you have to handle. So they're divided into what we consider, you know, kind of buckets, my divorce, my family, my wallet, my stuff and myself. Because even when the divorce is over and now you're like moving on with the next phase of your life and you want to get back into dating or, you know, what comes next? That's kind of the self-care of the myself section. So it's filled with free legal resources. We vetted everyone. We don't talk to anybody on the podcast or have articles on, on the website by anyone that we've not spoken to, that we don't respect, that we wouldn't use ourselves. And that's really important to us that it's, there are enough voices in our Divorce Etc. podcast and on the ex-experts website that you're getting to hear all of the relevant information. People may have conflicting views or opposing views. Someone may be a huge advocate of collaborative divorce. Someone else may be a huge advocate of mediation. Someone may really think that litigation is the way to go. It's all fine. It's whatever is the best fit for you. So we just want to make sure that we're constantly bringing in resources, like again, that we respect and have vetted so that anybody who's going through divorce at any stage has a place to go where they're finding reliable, trusted information, and they can take it and do with it what they want. We, when we were first starting out, like we didn't even know what questions to ask a lawyer to decide if they should be our lawyer. I mean, there are so many basic things that people really kind of get stuck on and you hear, you know, you take advice from your sister or your best friend, but like, you have no idea if their divorce is anything like what your divorce is going to be. So we're really kind of giving that access to everybody and growing it into live events and community so that people feel like they have a place to go, not just a place to go to like, bash their exes, but a place to go to be able to communicate and connect with people who have been where they've been and understand it. That's one of the most important parts, right? Like when you meet someone nowadays and they've been divorced, there's like a little bit of an automatic kinship there. They've been someplace on a journey that you have been to that not everybody has been on and you get it on a different level. So I would say that's probably what X experts is in a nutshell, podcast, website, social media, just a place where we want everybody to feel like you're not alone in an uplifting and positive way, because we've made it through to the other side and we want everybody else to as well. Our tagline is we've lived it, so we get it. 
which is exactly right. Right. <laughs> we, we share our own stories also. We're very transparent, no BS. We have in our Divorce Etc. podcast, just us episodes where we talk about like the four of us are talking about now. We talk about, you know, questions our kids asked and how we answered them and things that we shared in terms of creating our divorce agreements and holy shit, we're moving again. And I still do have my wedding dress. And what do I do with the ring? And so we talk about stuff that you want to talk about and you want answers to, but of course, all of the stuff that you need for the business side of it, but we understand the emotional side can go on and on and on. I mean, listen to us now, it still has made an impression on us, but we wouldn't be where we are now without it. So there, there is great opportunity ahead for you and ex-experts in the Divorce Etc. podcast is there to show you that, to give you the tools to get to where you should go. That's awesome. You know, it's always great to hear it from someone that's been through it. Totally. Absolutely. So can you tell our listeners and viewers about where they can find you? Just reiterate that, please. Sure. So our website is www.experts.com. Um, our podcast is on all podcast platforms. It's, it's Divorce Etc. We also have a newsletter that you can sign up for on our website where we share what I wish I knew stories from real life experts. Like, the, so you're not alone. We've got your back. We are going to meet you where you are. You can get the information in ways that work for you. But I would start with the website and then you can follow us on social media, TikTok, YouTube. We're everywhere. At <laughs> We're everywhere you want us to be. Yeah. Like that's a tagline for someone like AT&T or Sprint everywhere or something. you want to be. But yeah. the truth is we just want to be out there for, you know, someone who's not a podcast listener can go onto the website and read the article with the information that's affiliated with that specific podcast episode. You know, someone who really just wants quick hits and is like more into what we're doing on Instagram. Fantastic. We're just everywhere that someone feels comfortable going. Right. Awesome. I love that. And I love on your website where some information, it, it specifically says, read this or listen to this. It's very clear. I, I love, I adore your website. Thank you, you so much. Excellent work. And we really applaud your journey and where you're taking this. So this concludes this episode on the stigma of divorce. PH and Jessica, thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Thank you guys again so much for having us. We, as you know, are huge advocates and, and believers and lovers of what you guys are doing at Mrs. To Me. Financial literacy is everything. We really believe that what you guys are doing is so important. So we're so happy to have had this opportunity to talk to you guys. Thank you. Thanks. When clients come to us, they are usually full of fear, guilt, anger, or overwhelmed at the prospect of a divorce. At My Divorce Solution, we know the complexities and pitfalls of divorce can feel unsurmountable. What you need now, more than anything, is clarity and a light shined on the path ahead. That's why My Divorce Solution created Divorce You, a Divorce 101 course that illuminates the divorce journey ahead. You won't find support like this anywhere else. Divorce You demystifies divorce, an easy, self-paced, and comprehensive guide for your upcoming divorce. Take the guesswork out of your divorce today. Find the course syllabus on our website at mydivorcesolution.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support and guidance for navigating the divorce process with confidence and clarity, 
head over to our website at mydivorcesolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and tools for your journey ahead. We'll see you back here for our next episode.